Hey, this is the Science Line podcast. I'm Ethan Friedman, the multimedia editor here at Science Line. Quick reminder before we get started, this podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. So if you haven't, please go subscribe where you get your podcasts. You're not going to want to miss the stories we have upcoming, I promise. One unexpected celebrity of the coronavirus pandemic era has been the humble sourdough bread. Stuck inside with nothing to do, many people turn to cultivating and caring for sourdough starters, collections of microbes and flour and water that make the base of a sourdough bread. But on today's show, I have a story about what happened when many of those new bakers inevitably gave up. Last year, I failed someone. His name was Mel. To be fair, Mel wasn't really a someone. He was my sourdough starter, a collection of water, flour, and billions of microbes to lead me through the yeast shortages and isolation of 2020's coronavirus pandemic. And for a while, he did, supplying me with tasty, crispy bread. But, like for many other amateur bakers, I'm guessing, that dream came to an end one day, after I had neglected to feed Mel for a couple of weeks as he sat on the countertop. If you don't know, to feed a sourdough starter, you remove a little of the old starter and add in fresh flour and water, sort of like changing the water in a fish tank. The microbes can then eat the carbohydrates in the flour. If you leave it at room temperature, like I did, you'd want to do this maybe once a day or so. But in a fridge, a starter can last longer, since the lower temperatures make the microbes in the starter less active. When I opened the jar that had been sitting at room temperature on the countertop, unfed, for a couple of weeks, I was met with mold and the odorous smack of rotten cheese. So I turned to postmortem Googling to assess what had happened to Mel, and found a lot of bakers describing how neglected starters could succumb to what they called bad bacteria. But what are these bad bacteria? The microbes in a starter come from the flour, and my hands, and maybe even its surroundings, which didn't change. So why were there suddenly new bad bacteria once I stopped feeding it? To find out, First, I needed to understand what a normal starter looks like. So you have three main players. Um, there are yeast, and you know people tend to associate yeast with bread. But in a sourdough starter, you additionally have lactic acid bacteria and acetic acid bacteria. That's Erin McKenney, a microbiologist at North Carolina State University. She studies microbial ecology, which is like regular ecology, but with microorganisms, including the microbes in fermented foods like sourdough. And for the record, she's also named her sourdough starter. David Doey. David Doey. That's right. McKenney says that each microbial player does something for the bread. As the yeast feeds off the flour, it helps the bread rise by producing carbon dioxide. And the acids produced by those lactic and acetic acid bacteria give the bread that tangy sourdough flavor. So what happens on a microbial level when you stop feeding a sourdough starter? I don't know that anyone has ever studied this in a controlled lab experiment. So thanks for pointing out an area of future research. You're welcome. Although this may not have been explicitly studied, she has some ideas, clued in by what Mel had smelled like as he died. Different communities of microbes produce different aromatic profiles. I can tell you <laughs> that there is evidence that what you smelled did in fact indicate an abrupt shift in the microbial community in your sourdough starter. Okay, so maybe these are the bad bacteria. But wait, 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 wait. Where did those microbes come from? If the microbes in my starter came from me and the flour and such, and that didn't change, why are there suddenly new, different microbes? Well, 
It turns out that those microbes have always been there, but they never gained a foothold because of the lactic and acetic acid bacteria. Both types of bacteria are producing acids that decrease the pH in the sourdough starter. They're, they're kind of serving as a keystone species. They're transforming their environments from the moment that they colonize them. By producing acid, they're dropping the pH below the tolerance threshold of many other microbes, including molds. Okay, so just to recap that. The lactic and acetic acid bacteria are eating the flour and water in the starter and producing acid. That acid then piles up in the starter, making the flour and water mixture more acidic. And that new acidic environment is a perfectly fine habitat for those bacteria, but not for other microbes, including microbes we don't want. And research has shown that a healthy starter microbiome may have a variety of antimicrobial properties. You can actually see how this environment comes about when you make a starter from scratch. Tim Chin is a chef and writer based outside Boston who's worked with sourdough for years. The very first few days, it often smells like funky cheese, a little bit putrid. And that is a sign that there are bacteria and other microbes that are unwanted in your culture. And then over time, as you keep feeding the culture, the beneficial microbes stabilize the culture and lower the acidity so that it basically kills off or is inhospitable for these bad bacteria. But when you stop feeding a starter, those microbes might just keep producing acid. And without the process of taking some starter out and feeding new flour and water, your starter could just be getting more and more acidic. I would expect that uh, the lactics produce so much acid that they kill themselves eventually. That's Michael Gensler, a microbiologist at the University of Alberta in Canada. He says that the microbial ecosystem of a sourdough starter changes all the time, and we keep it stable by feeding it. But Mel's rotten, cheesy smell and mold meant that my starter's ecosystem was all out of whack. By not feeding it, I may have created the conditions for new microbes to colonize, probably microbes you wouldn't want to eat. Microbes change our food for the better and for the worse all the time. But whether such transformations are beneficial or not depends a lot on the conditions we keep those microbes in. In the right conditions, microbes can help turn milk into cheese. But in the wrong conditions, that cheese can get moldy and inedible. As for my decrepit sourdough starter, McKenny has a theory about where that smell came from. The normal sourdough smell comes from microbes digesting sugars and starches in flour. But digesting things like proteins and fats smells rotten and rancid, she says. If you have a bunch of dead microbes, those dead microbial bodies contain a lot of protein and fat. So maybe the microbes producing those awful smells in your jar uh, were, you know, dining on the corpses of, of dead microbes. Gross. But Gensler tells me that Mel may not have been past the point of no return. Your sourdough has a billion of active bacterial cells per gram. Uh, and even if you kill 100 million of these, you're still left with a few that will catch on and take over as you start propagating and feeding again. Essentially, if you start feeding that neglected starter again, you could maybe restore it to that healthy balance. But Gensler did add that it might just be easier to start over. And with a starter that smelled rotten and moldy, you'd really want to make sure you restore it to normal before cooking with it. 
So Mel, my friend, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to all your little yeasts and lactic acid bacteria and acetic acid bacteria. And I'm sorry that I could have saved you, but sent you to live out your metabolic lifespan at the dump. If you're now worried you'll make the same mistakes as I did, let me share this piece of advice McKenny gave me on how to stay confident as a sourdough baker. Trust microbes. Bacteria have been around for twice as long as anything with more complex cells, almost four billion years. <laughs> they know what they're doing. They know what they're doing, meaning our job is to make sure they have the right conditions to do it. But if you happen to screw up and let your starter go like I did, don't worry. Unlike microbes, we don't always know what we're doing. After all, we're only human. For Science Line, I'm Ethan Friedman. And that's our show. Again, this podcast is currently available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. So go subscribe, share these stories with your friends, and give us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps people find the show. Science Line is a production of NYU's Science, Health, and Environmental Reporting Program. Our theme music is by Jazzar at the Free Music Archive. And for more information about Science Line, visit us at scienceline.org or send us an email at info, I-N-F-O, at scienceline.org. See you next time.